Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Get ready for Mind Shock with Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the premier podcast in the world bringing you hidden truths about your mind's incredible powers. Get ready to free your mind. Everybody, welcome to Mind Shock. Dr. Ron Dalrymple, the show that will take you to the outer limits of your mind and to the inner limits, the true final frontier. Our theme for this show is evolution of the supermind. I began working at NASA at 17 years old. We put people in space, which we called back then the final frontier. But at 19 years old while at NASA, I made a discovery. What occurred to me after studying a lot of math and physics and psychology classes that if the mind is an energy field that transcends the physical brain, the true final frontier is inner space, the exploration of the true powers of mind. Our mission is to take you to the true outer limits of inner space. Think about that, the outer limits of inner space. Our motto for this show is supermind, superbody, super spirit. In today's chaotic world, there's a revolution sweeping us the globe about who we are and what we are doing here. And mind revolution is changing everything. Whole new theories of mind that turn old science on its head. Old science is three-dimensional and limited, the physical senses. Empirical science has its place, certainly, very important place, but we also need to go beyond that to examine other issues. We're developing new models of science that consider n dimensions as n approaches infinity. Today we have a great guest for you, Hunter Clark Fields written a great book, a fascinating book, called Raising Good Humans. Hunter, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing well under the circumstances. How are you? <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Good to have you on your show. Thank you. Okay. We usually start out with talking about what led you to your inspiration and revelations that led you to creating this book and the research you did led up to it. So start with that, please. Please tell us about that. Sure. I mean, this book really stems from my own difficulties as a young parent. Um, you know, I was uh, I was like one of those people who was like, you know, I achieved good things. I was a non-enroll student. I got higher degrees and all these things. And then, you know, I thought I could just decide how I was going to parent my child, and it wasn't like that, right? Like I discovered I had all this, I had this big temper that came out, and I was really frustrated. Um, just really frustrated with with what was happening and what felt like a lack of control at the time. And so the, all of this, the work in this book really stems from that, like looking, really figuring, going through an intensive period of study and learning and for to figure out the tools, um, not just to, to to be able to parent well and to, like, get, have a good relationship. Um, 
so yeah, it really comes from that. I really the thing was that I discovered was that it was like I could I was hearing all these wonderful teachers who were teaching great communication tools and parenting and and that was all like well and good. But but what the, my frustration really was is that when I was getting when I was getting frustrated, my stress response was going. I was getting activated. Then I, I couldn't access any of my good learning. You know, I, I just couldn't do it. So I had really wanted to bring together the science of how to lower re- reactivity with then those communication skills, and that's where this work comes from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was very courageous to tell folks in your book about your own experiences and the frustrations you had and whatnot, and what gave you that motivation. It takes a lot of courage to talk about ourselves in you know, that public kind of venue. You tell us some of the perhaps most interesting experiences you had as a young parent, which led to deeper revelations. Well, I for me the big thing was my my temper. You know, I you know I was my daughter would be resistant to what I would was saying, and I couldn't understand like why she was resisting everything. It was really frustrating. And then she would have a big feeling, like a a big emotional outburst, because she was frustrated and. And then I would have this feeling when she had those, these big, you know, this big outburst, I would have this, like, feeling, like, deep in my body that was just felt like this is unacceptable. You know, it just felt completely unacceptable for me. And I had to kind of, you know, and so then I would yell, and, and I could see I was scaring her, you know, and, and that wasn't, this was not working. This wasn't helping. It wasn't going to make anything better. She couldn't learn when I was yelling at her. And, you know, it was just making our relationship work. So I had to kind of start to understand, um, dig into myself. You know, I, I had those moments where I felt incredibly guilty and ashamed and it was terrible. But, you know, I, to learn from this, I really had to understand, like, well, what's going on for me here? What's going on for me? And I realized that when I felt so um, triggered by her feelings that felt so unacceptable to me it was because of my own childhood that, when I had big feelings as a child, you know, my father communicated to me that it was unacceptable to him by getting, you know, through his temper, right? So I was really, I could see that I was just perpetuating the same generational patterns that I didn't want to perpetuate, you know. It was exactly what I didn't want. So I had to learn how to, you know, for A, see those, see those patterns and then B, how to, how to kind of turn those around and get myself into a, a less reactive place so then finally I could communicate in a way that was just more effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it really is a great process. You know, when you, when you do therapy with folks, we do something very, very similar where a lot of people get stuck into certain thoughts, emotions, and behaviors, which, of course, were born in childhood, either by parents or sibling interactions, and also dealing with other kids in the neighborhood, dealing with the school systems and whatnot. You're programmed to think a certain way and to feel a certain way and to react a certain way, which often becomes unconscious. And part of the process is to bring those information up to a conscious level to deal with it. You talk about in your book, of course, the point of view of parenting, which I think is very, very powerful. You help people look at that and understand they must do that kind of journey themselves to not be reactive, make a point about reactivity. Tell us more about that, please, the reactivity aspect. Well, you know, as I dig into this, it's really interesting to kind of see how things work. You know, we are wired to be reactive. You know, not only do we have these um, 
habits and energies and patterns from our childhood, but also we're wired by evolution to be reactive. You know, reactive parenting evolved so that we could, like, kind of save our, our child from that proverbial saber-juice tiger or whatever, right? But, um, but when we're in a moment of fight, flight, or freeze, stress response, right, our, we are seeing often when, if our child's, you know, giving us some problem or whatever, we're seeing our child as a threat. And so our body, our nervous system, seeing our child as a threat is triggering that whole stress response. And then what's happening with that reactivity is that the the nervous system is literally like bypassing the parts of the brain that take longer to process, you know, mm-hmm. our higher order thinking, our verbal ability, our empathy, our, you know, all of these good things that we actually want to be able to use to parent, we don't have access to when we're in that stress response at all. So it was no wonder I felt so frustrated having, like, learned this great way to respond to my child, but I couldn't access it under those circumstances with my nervous system freaking out. Um, so that was really interesting to me. And then learning about, you know, and mindfulness had been something that I'd been interested in for a long time and had started practicing, and I had to dive into a little bit more um, because, you know, it's interesting to, to learn the, the studies about mindfulness. And the brain scans are so fascinating. So they know that, like, through many different, they have meta-studies that show that mindfulness meditation practice um, increases our impulse control, so lowers our reactivity as parents. But um, what's really fascinating is that the brain scans show that the um, the amygdalae are like these two little almond-shaped nodes in the base of the, sort of the brain stem, and that's the seat of the fight, flight, or freeze stress response. Those actually shrink in brain matter. They become less dense. And the connective tissue between the amygdalae and the rest of the brain gets weaker, which is fascinating. And then not only that, but the areas around the prefrontal cortex, which is where generally, you know, the brain is a very interconnected organ, but are generally thought of as those higher-order thinking areas, verbal ability, empathy, problem-solving, all that, those areas actually became more dense, thicker, after an eight-week course of mindfulness meditation training. So it, it really is, it's not only, it's, it's like building, a, it, so we can use mindfulness to like kind of build a muscle of non-reactivity, which is this awesome tool that we should, you, you know, utilize as parents. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great point that we have what might also be called parts of the reptilian brain going back to ancient history, like you said, to defend ourselves and our children as a reactivity to the environment. But then we need to evolve beyond that reactivity. You're only in that type of situation that might be dangerous in the world, which can kick off those responses. And indeed, what happens with this in a later segment is some folks get fixated in certain deep-level patterns that produce personality disorders. So they, they tend to stay stuck in those worlds and so forth. It's hard to break out of. But it is fascinating. That there are morphological changes. You know, back when I was in grad school many, many decades ago, right, you think that the brain was aplastic which means it wouldn't grow or change. We now know it is very plastic because people will change, will grow, and, like, for example, a head injury. A patient can overcome that and regrow various uh, circuitry of the brain to function, whereas before they were it was really damaged. But now we're finding, of course, through meditation, the positive thinking techniques, that that also stimulates growth in the brain. How do you feel about yeah. that? 
Oh, it's yeah. amazing. And it's so hopeful, yeah. you know. It really kind of boils down to that neuroplasticity in the brain. It really boils down to what you practice grows stronger. You know, the brain makes uh, stronger pathways for the things you practice. It makes a lot of sense, right? And so those things we, those kind of unskillful ways of responding to our kids, we practice those a lot through just being in our culture or being in our own family um, for, you know, the early formative years of our lives and, and being in our culture. But we can turn around and practice and learn new ways, just like we learn a new language. It just takes, you know, time and practice and intention. It's, it's, I think it's really helpful. Mm-hmm. You're really assessing. You also mentioned the issue that, of course, a child is evolving, they're growing, the brain is changing, they can't really adapt because, of course, it takes a prefrontal adaptation and so forth to evolve, and they aren't really functioning in a rational way like adults, well, hopefully adults are, until later years. And as they grow through those stages, they don't know how to respond except for strong emotion. And so that frustrates a lot of parents, you know, how to deal with that. So please tell us more about how you looked at that and how you'd help to resolve that. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's part of our process as parents is just to accept that our kids are going to have all these strong feelings, right? Like they're underdeveloped, like you talked about. Their brains are under-evolved, and they're certainly not going to, you know, we have kind of have these old-school ideas that, you know, if we, behaviorist ideas, which are, are really kind of damaging, thinking that if we reward one behavior, it will, like we reward a dog, <laughs> we'll get more of it. And to some degree that is true, but that's not really the way things work with little humans, right? Like little humans have underdeveloped brains. Little humans are learning from modeling much more than what we're saying. And we have to, like, as far as their, you know, if you think about a toddler and a toddler tantrum, you know, that's like a big stress reliever for a toddler to release all these pent-up emotions, and they don't have, they don't have, any control in their lives and they don't have the tools and they don't have the brain development to be able to do anything more mature. So it's our job as adults, the ones with the fully developed brains, to be able to get to that place of like, A, understanding and accepting that our kids are going to have the full range of emotion and they're allowed to have that. That's just life, right? Like you can be... angry, right? That's how all humans are angry sometimes. We're not all allowed to like break things, right? But we're allowed to be angry. And so it's there's a hurdle to overcome there, which is that for most of us, we were taught, uh, the what we were taught about taking care of big emotions is that just stuff it down. Like, don't feel that. Don't cry. Don't be mad. You know, be nice. Don't be angry. And so we have to learn how to how to take care of our own difficult feelings that arise first, and then we're then we're much then we're able to get to that point of being a little more accepting and be more of the calm in the storm for the for our children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's really a fascinating thing when working with patients of all ages. I find one thing that helps a lot is to understand not to take things personally from other people. One issue of reactivity is that in the child world, most in the adult world, when people say things or do things, they'll often make us respond in a defensive manner if we take it personally. One thing to learn, the first rule of psychology I can tell folks is to not take things personally. Realize that the rejection might well come from them 
onto us. And if we internalize that, it starts to drive our behavior. How do you see that? Oh, yeah. So, so, so much truth there and so hard to do, right? Um, right. <laughs> and especially with kids' behavior, like, you know, I hear things from parents like, she's manipulating me, et cetera, which is, of course, like a small child isn't really doing at all. Um, yeah, it, and that's a big one with parenting. And it's hard because our kids are like an extension of us, especially if they're a biological, you know, if they're your biological children that came out of your body, like they, they feel like they're an extension of you. And so this, their, behavior, their behavior becomes very personal to you, you know, and that's it's something that we have to work against, um, that, that sense to take it, take things so personally. And that's really is also, again, where that mindfulness practice comes in, in very, very helpful because mindfulness gives us um, a sense of, uh, like, it allows us to detach a little or diffuse a little from our own thoughts and our own patterns and kind of see things more clearly. And so it helps us to see, oh, I'm taking this really personally. Maybe not like right in that moment we don't see it, but we start to see it later. Oh, I'm taking this really personally. You know, if we have a little bit more objectivity in general, so we're building that muscle of, of questioning, questioning our thoughts and observing things more clearly and, and not reacting to them. We have we have a better chance of, of not taking it so personally. Right, exactly, yeah. Not reacting to it, not taking it personally, not buying into it, trying to stand back from it. Like I said, it's very, very hard to do. We attack, get attacked personally. We often get defensive. It kicks off our emotions, our negative thoughts, our memories. And that's really the tough thing is trying to constantly be objective. You do therapy with folks is, Maintain your objectivity and mindfulness is very important. That also goes back to an approach years ago called Be Here Now. It goes back to mm-hmm. Wilhelm Wundt in the first psychology laboratory, 1879, with structuralism and a technique called introspection. It also goes back to Aristotle, Plato, Socrates. They all talk about very similar concepts of being aware of our thoughts and emotions and that kind of behavior. So we're aware of that so we don't react, we don't then punish our children in some way. When they push buttons, it makes us very angry and defensive. We need to avoid that. Yeah, tell us more about that, please. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, that um, that ability to be present, as you said, be here now, is is really at the root of everything. When we are, most of the time, we're in autopilot mode. You know, we're right. planning for the next thing. We're not really listening. We're not really present. Our our body is one place, and our mind is somewhere else, and. So to be really present with our children, say our child comes to us and and our child has a problem, you know, if we're not really, if we're on autopilot mode and we're not really present, we're, we're usually, we're often dismissing that problem. Oh, it's fine. Here, do this. You're fine. Don't worry about it. But if we're really present, we then we can, you know, look or, look at our child, really hear them, really see them, and not plan, be planning maybe our next, our response, but just really listening and saying, oh, this is what you feel like and, and are thinking right now, and, and really hear and see your child. And that can be incredibly healing and powerful just to be seen and heard. It's such a powerful thing. You know, the, uh, a parent's uh, ability to be present has been 
shown in some research by Dr. Dan Siegel to be the number one predictor of a child's well-being, and it really just makes a lot of sense to me. Um, there's, a, there's a teacher that has been a big influence on me, and uh, for me, the Zen master author and peace activist, Thich Nhat Hanh, and he says, when you love someone, the best thing you can offer them is your presence. How can you love if you are not there? And that's so true, you know. How can you love if you are not there? I think it's very powerful way to look at it. I think it goes back to Carl Rogers and Nigerian therapy when he talked about the powerful aspect of empathy. You connect with people and be empathic with them. And I think you mentioned that empathy is also a superpower. You kind of think of it that way, that supreme love of Divine love is a superpower, and empathy also is a superpower, which helps connect you because you connect that person as a human being and see them as a full entity unto themselves. So you give them respect, kindness, and you look at them with billions of dimensions inside them and understand that we don't want to objectify them or not see them as a full-function human being with vast potential to grow and develop in many, many ways. So folks, we're here today with... Hunter Clark Fields, that's a great book, Raising Good Humans. It's really a fascinating book, which gets into the down, the down, you know, the down truth of how to deal with kids and whatnot, how to connect with them, how to talk to them, how to do our own stuff and whatnot. Very really powerful, powerful stuff. We'll be back here in a few minutes. We've got some commercials coming up, like Ryan Dalrymple with Mind Shock. Hang in there, folks. We have more segments coming up. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. ASMC, the premier German company that supplies everything for adventure, from outdoor clothes to outdoor gear, even backpacks. Lots of quality and lots of specials. To start your adventure, go to HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on ASMC. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. A complete mind development course, The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery. A powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple 
at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Remember Positive Impacts. www.healthylife.net. Dr. Ron Dalrymple with Mind Shock. Here today, Hunter Clark Fields with a fascinating book. Hunter, how are you doing? Welcome back. I'm doing well. I'm here. <laughs> great, great. I'd like to ask you now about some of the most difficult cases that you've seen and dealt with, some of the toughest situations. Please tell us about that. Sure. So I run a mindful parenting membership where I have people from all around the world, all kinds of different situations, single parents and all kinds of things, and I think the, the most, some of the most challenging cases are when kids have special needs. I know I have, um, I have a, a parent in, in the membership who adopted a son, you know, and he has an attachment disorder and has, um, has some real challenges and, 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 um, and needs. And it can be so, so hard for parents to, to deal with like all the extra resources this, this child may need and all the intensity that this child may bring to the situation. And it really does come down to, in a lot of ways, no matter what um, the challenges are for the child, a lot of the, the principles for the parents are still very much the same. And it, it means that when we, have, when we have a greater challenge, we need greater resources to meet that challenge, right? We need greater resources to meet that challenge. And so that means utilizing all of our mind and body to be able to meet that challenge. And so um, for that mom of the three-year-old with the attachment disorder, he's, she, you know, she wants to help him, like, all the time and every moment. And in a lot of ways, her challenge uh, in a lot of ways, and for a lot of parents with special needs is to give themselves permission to step away from their child, to tag out, and to give themselves some time, to uh, give themselves some, some time, and also to give themselves permission to have their own happiness, give themselves permission to have their own fulfillment, to help themselves become more grounded and peaceful on their own, and sometimes parents of special needs um, kids can feel guilty if their child has uh, challenges and difficulty and suffering, guilty taking, doing anything to take care of their own happiness, but it's so important because we can't, you know, I think Wayne Dyer once said, like, you can't get sick enough to help someone get better, and that principle applies here that when we are, we can't give what we do not have. We can't give our kids some uh, calm or peace or contentment if we don't have it in ourselves. So that work of, uh, of giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves, taking care of our own needs for sleep and exercise and friendship and, you know, any, any of those, those needs that are arising, really becomes one of the, the most important things um, for, for being able to meet the greater challenges of having a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. 
think it's very true. I work with a lot of teachers who work with special needs kids, and one of the frequent things that comes up is that some of these kids are dumb disabled to a point where their frontal, prefrontal cortex is barely functioning and they're largely impulse-driven. And one child in particular is hyper-reactive like that, where the slightest things make him very angry, he throws things, breaks things, has temper tantrums, whatnot. And one teacher said that the most powerful thing she's found to help him is to just be there with him, like you said, be in presence, and try to connect with him, you know, the jury technique of empathy. Plus, at times when he wants to be violent, just giving him hugs. They, they hold him in a way which restrains his violence in a very positive way, which then helps him calm down and then connect. He's making like great progress with him. He is growing. He is improving. Increases ability to restrain those impulse. How do you mm. see that? It's so beautiful, and it makes so much sense. You know, we think that we are so individualistic. You know, we think that we're just these lone entities, kind of floating along through the world. But we don't recognize how deeply interconnected that we are. How how your happiness is helps me create my happiness, right? Like your groundedness, your peacefulness helps me create my peacefulness. So that teacher's groundedness, that her peacefulness, her ability to be really present really helps that child. But it's just the same with all of us. The same principle applies with all of us. So if we have have a kid who's freaking out, it doesn't do us any good to freak out. It makes things worse. My daughter, uh, we went skiing on Saturday for the first time. And she, when she does something new that she's a little scared of and she hasn't gotten quite enough sleep, she becomes a real mean, grouchy person. <laughs> and so the two hours before we left was, was rough. But I've learned that, you know, I, when I get as non-reactive and calm as possible, that's what helps her to really um, to, to be able to get through those situations with, with a little bit more ease. And, you know, I didn't get to that that solution right away. It wasn't super easy for me. I made plenty of mistakes along the way with that. But it really is so true that even if, you know, my daughter's going to be 11 soon, so if you have an older child, but especially with the, the younger kids, they regulate their emotions through us. So because they can't really do it themselves. So it's our job to to be the peace that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's a great, great point to model the right behavior, behavior we want them to do, not to order them or coerce them. It doesn't work. It just creates opposition. The first step is to make them understand that we are there with them. We understand how they feel. We're connecting with them. We accept them unconditionally in a jury technique no matter what they do. So any behavior they might do or they might say or feel or express, we always love them. We always care for them. We're always there for them. But with time, the behavior has to change. The first thing is that acceptance to create a connection to understand they are loved and they are understood. How do you see that? I couldn't agree more. I mean, you said it really beautiful, beautifully that acceptance is at the heart of this. And I guess I think you said it so beautifully that what I want to add to that is that that's not always easy. That's, in fact, oftentimes like a really hard thing to do to get to a place of acceptance for that. And so to do that, get to that place of acceptance, our work is really to practice accepting ourselves. And that's where that, that work of self-compassion comes in. And it really is huge, 
hugely important and really the foundation for everything because as we, you know, as a parent goes through, like, my mindful parenting course, like, they're learning new things and they're going to try new things. And you know what? They're going to inevitably be human, mess up, and fail. They're going to try to not yell, and they're going to, like, mess up and fail, probably more than a few times because that's what we do. We're human. And so when we're practicing to accept our kids' feelings, when we're practicing to, we have to do this practice of accepting our own feelings, accepting our own process, accepting our own uh, mistakes and failures and, and not beating ourselves up for that and instead offering ourselves a soft landing, speaking to ourselves as we might speak to a good friend when, when we mess up, when we inevitably mess up because we're human and we're going to mess up sometimes. And so uh, I guess I just want to add that to that because you said that so beautifully, but let's also remember that it's hard. It's hard to, to get to a place where you're calm and grounded. You're not going to be that way all the time. You're going to be human. You're going to have moments where you yell at your kids and you do say the wrong thing. That's okay. We can, we can come back and repair a relationship. We can offer ourselves a soft landing, and that gives us the ability to get up and try again the next day. That's great. Yeah, I think it's really beautiful insight to be kind to ourselves, give ourselves compassion, treat ourselves with somebody else who's making kind of mistake. Because we are human, we will make errors. We have to learn by the errors. And the concept is to learn from our mistakes and let go of the bad stuff and keep moving on, keep improving and expanding who we are to keep increasing our state of consciousness, our understanding. And that conveys, of course, to the child through modeling. So we're going to model our behavior. Folks, we're here today with Hunter Ford Fields in her fascinating new book and getting her a lot of her great insights and ideas about parenting and how parents can grow and succeed in this process. Really a tough, tough job. You mentioned it's the hardest job in the world. In case folks, we take a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Dr. Ron Darumpel with Mind Shock. Back soon with Hunter Clark Fields. Stay with us, folks. Back in a few minutes. Here's a fun, stimulating program that can teach you how to develop your own powers of creation. It uses a three-part mind, stimulating approach to get you to develop your own creative thinking. It will help you create a powerful self-image and helps you see how you can take creative action. You'll develop your thinking power and your skills, and you can do this in eight days. Get Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, Eight Days to Creative Power, on Amazon.com. Overcome your problems with the step-by-step guide. So get Eight Days to Creative Power on Amazon.com. Get high-quality glasses, sunglasses, and prescription lenses at eyeglasses.com. Choose from over 250,000 items and 400 brands. Already have frames? Get replacement lenses. It's easy. Go to our advertiser page and click eyeglasses.com. A complete mind development course. The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple helps you develop your concentration, memory, imagination, and more, all to help you program your mind towards success. But it's not a boring read. You are taken on a journey with a young man who is trying to start his own business and immerses himself into a journey of self-discovery, a powerful book that you can read again and again. Get The Inner Manager by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. The Inner Manager at Amazon.com. Reach your health and fitness goals. Whether you want to lose weight, learn to dance, build muscle, or just live healthy, 
Beachbody gives you unlimited access to the nation's most popular fitness and weight loss solutions. Visit our advertiser page and click on Beachbody now. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, folks. Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Mind Shock. Your day of Hunter Clark Fields, our guest. It's a fascinating book. Hunter, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Great, great, great. Thanks for all your insights. At this point, I want to ask you about what are some of the most dramatic or miraculous changes you've seen for parents and their kids using your techniques? Can you tell us about that, please. Sure. I've seen a couple that are really wonderful. I had one mom who was who joined the Mindful Parenting, and she was a she's a nurse working full time, and she had some teenage kids, but then she had a, a child who had a. a, a uh, reactive, is RAD, reactive attachment disorder or something like that. And she had been through years of therapy with this child. And as she started to practice mindfulness, practice self-compassion, or, and then practice the communication skills we work with, things actually really started to turn around. It took time. But, you know, for her, it ended up becoming something that that was more effective than the, the therapy that she had been doing in her life, um, which is super, was exciting for me to hear. And um, we had another cool thing that happened that was that I really liked. I taught, um, I had taught the course in a local community, in a low-income community, and they had done a, a grant for me to teach it. And this grandmother came and took the course. And so the communication, the the tools to become less reactive and the communication skills I teach are really universal, meaning they work with the two- and three-year-olds and they work with adults, which is really cool, um, obviously adjusted slightly. <laughs> but she came in because she was, uh, she was taking care of her six-year-old grandson uh, all week, and so she wanted to come in and get some help with that, and she was working with that. But in the end, she came to me and she talked to me and told me about how she and her adult daughter had had challenges for years because of the way she had probably parented her adult daughter when her daughter was little. And they had been had a, a damaged relationship for many, many years. And she came to me and she said that, Yes, it, things have been better with a grandson, and she's got more cooperation. That's great. But the most exciting thing was that she healed her relationship with her adult daughter. And to me, that was so, like, beautiful because it's, it's never too late. You know, it's never too late to start to, to learn the skills and get the guidance we need to kind of turn around our relationships and what could be more important, you know? Well, I think it's a great point is that these techniques can be used with folks of all ages, a lot of adults or 
still have some child-like fixations within. We do a lot of healing by helping them in this manner. And I heard of one situation where the child started first grade early at five years old and was kind of acting out, wasn't paying attention much, didn't really understand the value of school. Had a did really well on test scores and whatnot, but was not doing too well in the classroom because he was distracted by the kids around him. And he started second grade when he just turned six. The teacher said, you know, what you do right now is going to be important for you for the rest of your life and will change the rest of your life. The child heard that from the teacher. And she was kind of an elderly teacher, very wise, been around a long time. And she simply told him straight out, what you do right now will change your life forever. From that point forward, he really got it and became a great student, got straight A's from then on, and wanted to accomplish great things in life. So it's amazing how a teacher, or as adults, parents, we're also teachers, teaching kids, what we teach them can profoundly influence them, evolve and grow in powerful, beautiful ways. How do you feel about that? Oh, I mean, that's the greatest thing that drives me every day. I mean, when I think about, like, just healing those generational patterns, you know, that's the thing that, that that's all about, these things that we can take and, and transform to the next generation. You know, when I, I talked to my dad, I got my temper from him, right? Heard me say that. But, you know, when he was young, his grandfather, my grandfather, hit him with a belt, and that was normal and was just considered normal discipline. And when I was young, he spanked me, and that was considered normal and, you know, normal discipline. And now... I remember we had a conversation about that, and he, he said, "Oh yeah, you know these things happened, and and no, you're not uh, you're not going to hit your kids." And I thought, "Oh my gosh, like of course I'm not going to hit my kids, but night like I want to do more than that. I want to really transform the 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 pattern of the explosive temper and the the combative nature that we had that really hurt our relationship for many many years." And I really think I'm doing that. You know, it's happening. I can see that my daughter that was highly sensitive kid, that was a driver for all this work when she was little, is, you know, she's turning 14 on Wednesday. And now we have a close relationship. We don't have the battles that I had with my father. And I see that with my clients. Like they tell me, oh, my goodness, you know, I saw, you know, I've been practicing this, these communication skills and doing these things, and I, I wasn't sure anything was happening. And then I saw my youngest, my uh, oldest child say to the youngest, oh, when you do that, I feel X, you know, and they're like, oh, my gosh, they let them know how they feel instead of instead of bopping them on the head, you know. It's, like, really awesome. I really feel hopeful for the next generation that as this generation of parents does the work it takes, and gets the support it takes to turn things, really turn things around, then, you know, maybe we'll, uh, we'll save uh, therapy pills, bills later. But more than that, we're going to really just, I feel really hopeful for a generation of kids who can communicate more skillfully with each other, who can, you know, solve problems by based on getting everybody's needs met rather than the strongest one wins, you know, and, and all of these and who can take care of themselves and take care of their difficult feelings uh, better than ever. So I am really hopeful sometimes as I think about that. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, it's, it's said that he, he or she erects a cradle who controls the world. And what kids are taught in childhood, what taught to think and feel and believe and how to behave, will profoundly influence their life, plus people around them, entire societies. In the old days, of course, as you mentioned earlier, the idea of discipline, you know, spare the rods, 
spoil the child and so forth, was taken way, way too far. I've seen cases like my work in prisons where people who have been horribly, horribly abused, and that's where they ended up. They had two highly dysfunctional parents, one was gone, another was highly dysfunctional, and they were passed around and went from home to home to home and learned a life of violence and crime acting out against society. So we're going to change all that. I think it's really great to teach folks at an early age just how to parent, you know, be kind and loving, respect for the kids, connect with them, do a lot of great things for them, let them always love and respect them no matter what they do. That we find ways to help them grow and evolve into. And you mentioned also there's a quote in the book about treat treat kids where we want them to be as an adult, how we want mm-hmm. them to be, and how we want to be treated, of course, ourselves, and treat ourselves with compassion and love as well, so we can better do that. How do you feel all that? Yes, absolutely. I mean, we we tend to, you know, I, I just want to address that we as parents and we t- and we tend to see the difficulties. We tend to tend to see the negative parts of our kids. We tend to see the the snarky comments and the times they don't cooperate and things like that. And that's just the way human beings evolved and are wired, right? To to notice the negative things um, so that we right. can stay safe and alive, right? But uh, but yes, uh, we can when we start to look, we can start to see that. <laughs> that there, when we see more clearly, when we become more present with ourselves, then we can to start to see all these these beautiful patterns and behaviors in our kids too, which is really hopeful. Right, right, exactly. Well said. Well, folks, we're here today with Hunter Fire Fields. Now, Connor, can you tell us please where people can find your books and also find you for your seminars, your training, and so forth? Sure. My website is mindfulmamamentor.com. And you can find, I do the Mindful Mama podcast and the Mindful Parenting membership. You can find information about both of those there. And Raising Good Humans is anywhere books are sold, including on audiobook now, which is cool. Mm-hmm. That's great. Okay. And you also are doing seminars coming, you have any seminars coming up in the near future or certain trainings you're doing? Um, kind of webinars, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. We have some trainings coming up. Um, and when people come to the website, mindfulmamamentor.com, one thing they can do is there's links to join the, the private Mindful Mama uh, Tribe Facebook group. And we, we do, I do uh, live um, teachings on Facebook there um, uh, several times a week, so they can go and check out a lot of those there. And there's also 260-plus podcast episodes <laughs> to check out as well. Wow. Good for you. You're being very prolific. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, here today with Hunter Clark Fields. We're going to sign off here in a moment with Hunter, and thank you for being here. We really appreciate it very much. Dr. Ron Dalrymple, folks, here with Mind Shock. We'll be back in a few minutes with a few final comments. Hunter, take care. God bless. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Paradise Found 2015 is a film that sparks of intrigue about the discovery of quantum field psychology. Throw in a sexy spy story, a conflict between father and son against the backdrop of NASA, and interspersed with World War II flashback combat scenes, and you'll be surprised to discover the foundation of a whole new theory of mind. Rent or buy Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com and prepare for the explosive conclusion. That's Paradise Lost 2015 at Amazon.com. 
If you want USA and worldwide car rentals, choose rentacar.com. Free cancellations on most bookings, no hidden charges. They are trusted by over 4 million customers. Visit our advertiser page and click on the Rent-A-Car banner. Do you ever wonder how the mind works? The Endless Question, a film by Dr. Ron Dalrymple, shows you a new theory of mind, one that bridges the road between spirituality and science while revealing to you the laws of creativity, things that can open up your mind to limitless possibilities. It is literally a theory that changes everything, and once you know it, you can apply it to your own life. View The Endless Question for free on Amazon Prime. The Endless Question on Amazon Prime. This is Jack Maher from the band Feed the Kitty. It's important to support the artists you love, and you can do that and get something authentic for yourself. Rock.com has the most coveted, licensed merchandise of music, culture, and entertainment. So go to the advertiser page and click on rock.com now. Quantum Field Psychology 2nd Edition is an astounding book on the new theory of mind. It is the first unified field theory that incorporates the influence of the mind and emotion on physical reality, the universe, and even other minds. It actually integrates all modern psychology with quantum physics, mathematics, Western, and Eastern spiritual beliefs. It's the true bridge between science and spirituality. Get your copy of Quantum Field Psychology, second edition, by Dr. Ron Dalrymple on Amazon.com. Radio your way. HealthyLife.net. Ron Dalrymple back again with Mind Shot. Just spoke to the great author, Hunter Clark Fields, her fascinating book, Raising Good Humans. It's very important to think about that as adults and as teachers, we are profound influence on other people. In fact, even in our daily life, we profoundly influence those around us by what we think and feel and say and do. We can either help people and lift them up, or we can hurt them some way, unintentionally or intentionally, to harm them. We don't want to do that. So we want to try to create all the positivity we can in the world by doing good things, by thinking positive thoughts, by feeling positive feelings, by doing the right thing to help other people. Now, kids who get neglected or abused, of course, that's an entire area, which we'll address in future shows and whatnot. And many kids need special treatment. All kids need special treatment in a sense, I would say, and unconditional love, respect, understand things that are not their fault, really, they need to learn. And part of that learning is to build a very positive self-image and positive self-esteem. It's profoundly important for everybody. We have to start with adults with the same type of ideas, build their self-esteem and self-image. And a child goes through initially a type of consciousness between the ages of zero and two called sensory motor, according to PSJ, great theorists on this. They basically learn how to name objects in their environment. They get oriented to the world around them. They move into pre-operations, which is in the ages of two to seven. They start rank ordering the world around them, which is more like one-dimensional thought. So think about this in terms of the mathematics of it. Of course, our theory of quantum psychology is a math of how the mind works. So they get into one-dimensional thinking. They can rank order objects from two and seven. Then they move into concrete operations from ages seven to 11. They learn to think two-dimensionally. They can co-vary two dimensions at once, like, like visualizing the changes in shape and size of an object. So the two-dimensional thinking. And then eventually they move into what's called formal operations around 10, 11, 12, or onward. Some kids enter it earlier, some later. They can do abstract thinking with three dimensions or more. Think about a game of chess. 
we must think abstractly and think ahead many moves. In formal operations, a person can then think more abstractly, he's yet imagination, they question life and death and who they are, and that's why kids going through early adolescence often drive their parents off the wall because they're tough to deal with because they're thinking more abstractly, but their emotions are still undeveloped or developing. So it's a very fascinating time. At higher levels of thought, people learn how to do n-dimensional thinking or meta-theoretical thinking where they think beyond certain equations into other types of spaces. So it's very important to have this type of work hunters doing to help teach kids and teach parents how to raise kids in a way which is very positive for them, positive for the kids, and for the parents. What we do in quantum field psychology is talk about the mind as an energy field which can be expressed mathematically. And she shows through her work that certainly pertains because you take a child at a certain age, you teach them certain things that they can absorb at that point, and also we work on ourselves to improve who we are. And it's very important as therapists and as parents, as human beings, constantly work on improving who we are so we can add more to the world to help other people. Now, in quantum field psychology, we talk about that and many other aspects of it. That can be found on Amazon with our other books, which are Eight Days of Creative Thinking, which is a book about tapping into your own creative powers. The next book is The Inner Manager, which is a short course in mind development itself to develop your creativity, your imagination, your willpower, to develop your mind in really a short course, really a fun thing. The next book is I Love You, God, a bunch of aphorisms about how to tune into the higher spiritual powers and the higher mind, the supermind, activate the connection between your supermind and your conscious mind. I mentioned it briefly here with Hunter, the idea of a supermind, the fact that uh, empathy, for example, is a superpower, just like pure love, spiritual love is also a superpower of that supermind. In any case, it's a really fascinating, fun thing. We moved into filmmaking, who brings ideas to the world. Our two-hour documentary is on Amazon Prime. It's free. It's called The Endless Question. We interview a bunch of folks in this field, get their ideas about how the mind works as energy. We also draw parallels with Nikolai Tesla. What we're trying to do is spread the ideas to the world. We need to change the thinking patterns and the belief patterns of the world. We've got to get beyond the tribal thinking of the past. Tribal thinking has gotten the world into chaos. There's still wars all around the world. There's all kinds of corruption. There's all kinds of uh, genocide and backstabbing. Just things are going on where we should not be going on, and we all need to help change that. We all need to grow and develop, be aware of these issues, read books like Hunter's and like our books on Amazon, all the other folks we've talked to. We talked to Jim Jensen last week. It was a fascinating book. It's been a parry of your subconscious mind, which then ties into a superconscious mind as well. All these folks are reaching out to the world in a very powerful, positive way to help transform who we are as the human race, as one race, as one people, not just a bunch of different tribes fighting each other. We have to get beyond that thinking and move to a higher level. We're all connected to each other into a higher power. That's what it's going to take, I believe, to help transform this world into the paradise upon earth it can be. Folks, again, Dr. Ron Dapple here with you with Mind Shock, the endless question. Love talking to you. We've got great guests coming up in the future, some fascinating, fascinating authors we're going to be talking to. So please join us next week. Stay tuned in to Mind Shock by Karan Dalrymple. Over and out. Take care. Bye. God bless. Get 366 Proverbs of Peace, Prosperity, and Power with Dr. Ron Dalrymple's book, I Love You, God. This book will lift you up when you are down as it helps you focus on positive higher thoughts. It helps you attain peace and harmony every day. 
It will even help you build better relationships, self-esteem, and get a better feeling of self-worth. I Love You, God is the perfect book to bring peace to the world one person at a time. Get your copy of I Love You, God by Dr. Ron Dalrymple at Amazon.com. For all your live or pre-recorded webcasting needs, come to earthchannel.com. Get your web-based message out to a select group or the whole world. It's easy. A pioneer in webcasting, earthchannel.com provides the best products and services to big corporations and government users. And now, this same technology is available to you. They have the best earthcast encoders, servers, and products to meet your technical needs. But wait, don't want to mess with technical stress? No problem. They'll do it for you. EarthChannel.com is your answer. You can use webcasting for lots of things like advertising, marketing, customer support, training, and don't forget, web radio and TV. In fact, you're listening to a live EarthCast right now. So come to EarthChannel.com. Actualize your audio or video webcasting needs today. You can't beat the friendly service or the price. Call earthchannel.com at 1-800-849-8978. That's 1-800-849-8978. Here's an opportunity you won't want to miss. Dr. Ron Dalrymple is taking on some new clients to coach them to success using the most powerful creation tool you have, your mind. Get timeless secrets on a plethora of his programs designed to help you be your most successful you. Explore the laws of creation. Learn how to unleash your inner genius and so much more. Visit Dr. Ron's website today at drrondalrymple2.com. That's drrondalrymple2.com. Eclectic Talk with a Positive Twist, HealthyLife.net.